Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a, wait, what, what, I'm sorry, I'm being handed something, excuse me, um, what is this now, you, you want me to read this on air, we're live, pal, all right, you are listening to an American Whammy podcast production, uh, W2M Network is merging with American Whammy Productions and will eventually become American Whammy Media. Therefore, we here at the Rad Religion Broadcasting Network will be doing the same. So everything involved with W2M and the Rad Religion Broadcasting Network will become American Whammy Podcast. Damn you, Hollywood! And here's your host, Robert Winfrey. Yay! Yay. Wow. You couldn't yeah, even huh. bother. You couldn't even bother just miming the opening of something. You couldn't have made a Pearl Harbor joke. Like, there's so many other <laughs> things you could have snuck in there. They never. They they never saw it coming. <laughs> a day hey, which will live in infamy. Hey, we are. Um, so we're taking a week off from the usual uh, here at DMU Hollywood, where we look at a feature length motion picture currently in the movies and doing examining the weekend that was and all of that. And we're using this bye week to do something we don't normally get to do, but uh, that Robert always likes to do. And, you know, he never, because he's he's afraid of me for some odd reason, he never wants to pitch anything. He's like, oh, Ra Marco, yell at me. Oh, but no, hang on. I do not. <laughs> Here's why I don't pitch you things. I've uh -huh. said this before. Because I understand your scheduling. Yeah. It's so, and I, better, though. And I understand that if I pitch you something, you have to go, boy, that sounds great. How's next June? <laughs> it's, it's getting better. It's getting better. I'm aware. And we and are getting might, into it. And that so, might change in the future. But at the moment, I don't pitch you things out of respect for all the work that you put into scheduling things out. Yeah. And so, I'm also a terribly, terribly uninteresting human being with very few with very few hobbies, cares. Well, or one of those hobbies is anime. And when I saw that we had a bye week, and then I also saw that Bubble was going to be on Netflix this past weekend, I thought, hey, this would be an opportune time to do something fun for Robert, do something we don't normally get to do on here. And then I had another thought for Robert Winfrey. I thought, hey, the American Whammy Media Production Podcast, Schmageggy, uh, also syndicates another podcast called Talk the Keke. And they just the cakey. To talk the caucus. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so don't I even thought, try, man. Don't even try. <laughs> it's yeah, okay. Yeah. It's okay. Be be better, better people than you have. And, <laughs> and, and they have broken upon him. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, like, I should bring on the guys from uh, Talk the Talk the Cactus. And and they should come on here and talk about anime with us. And I happen to have one of those guys here against his will. It's Matthew Sapricone. How do you do, sir? Konbawa. Hello. How are you all doing? I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> We're very happy to have you. 
Yeah, well, yeah, you guys talked about this uh, months ago, so I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Speaking of scheduling things months in advance, I'm like, it's in yeah. January, and I'm like, hey, I want to talk about Bubble and Bell in in May. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, first it was no, it was just Bell, like, but it came out in January, but it's like, May, like, oh, wait, it's going to be digital release in May. Okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to come back to you in just a second, but I'm, gl I'm glad you're here, man. Um, it's fun to, every once in a while, do one of these, uh, uh, get a guest from another show to come on here and do some collaborating. I've been yeah, told absolutely. they don't collaborate enough. I'd like to be a collaborator. So uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm available whenever you guys do anime movies and stuff. <laughs> well, speaking of wanting to do anime characters, ladies and gentlemen, David Wright's here. How do you do, sir? Hello, David. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> that's the correct way to deal with mark's nonsense you have to tell it i'm good thanks that's it yeah. all right so matthew please kindly tell us about yourself and your podcast and your great love of anime that brought you to the dance today all righty um uh i've been a fan of anime since i was about like seven eight years old uh like i, I didn't know anything about it just whatever was on tsunami like you haka show outlaw stars <laughs> Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. And like I just love it. So, like it's not like the American style of animation where it was just nonsense. Like these were like actual stories. And, and it's not just for children, like, it's for, like adults, teens, whatever. It, all age groups. And then uh, I found uh, this Facebook group called Eat the Cake Anime. That was mm -hmm. where I met my co host and all that. And uh, I was in the middle of a, of a wrestling podcast for uh, Japan. And I want, and I wanted to get out of it, do some more, and is, and uh, Ethan, my co, was like, "Hey, I want to do a podcast. Who wants to join me?" He's like, "I'm free." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Well, I'm free. Uh, I got this new workstation set up. I wanted to do more po podcasts and stuff. So, what a great way to do and with that." Everyone and... here, other than Mark, has made that same mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not wrong. And we were. Uh, having a trouble with a name like one of them was a yu yu taku show as a player for yu haku show i i thought that was a fine idea but uh it's a good we, idea but when you start talking about something other than yu yu haku show, yeah i know that's that's the issue like about. if we, we like we would have to like talk about an episode yeah. per episode <laughs> where we weren't gonna do that so okay let's uh do talk to cake because of the eat the cake anime group on facebook so, okay so we'll call it talk to cake you'll say japanese cake which is cakey and uh and we figured out what we were gonna do and i don't really see it much but we just reviewed the new weekly seasonals all the stuff that comes out every season like the fall winter all those shows we pick what we're gonna watch and then we talk about them whether it's myself or even by himself and then we do we ended with we talk about what we're watching together and uh that's just how we got off with that just doing that has been a lot of fun uh, trying to filter Ethan with his mouth, <laughs> but uh, he's a, he's a good guy though. But uh, no, I couldn't have asked for a better co-host, and um, we've been it's been about a year and a couple of weeks actually. So wow. outstanding, happy yeah. uh, happy almost anniversary. What's your top three favorite animes of all time? Uh, Cowboy Bebop, okay. Uh, Violet did, Evergarden. Did you hate the live action show too? I didn't hate it. <laughs> yeah, easy, That's, Robert. Uh, easy. No, 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 no. Hang on. That's usually followed by I didn't watch it. <laughs> no, I, I, I did watch it. I got, I had COVID around the Christmas time. So like, you just you know, wanted I to make it watch worse? It. 
so I did watch it, and there was some stuff I liked, and there's the stuff I didn't like. And yeah. then, like, I hate, definitely hated Ed. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of us. Yeah. It reminded me of Spy Kids over the top, and I thought Spy Kids <laughs> was very cringe. And so, I didn't like how the antagonist was portrayed. Yeah, nobody did. Yeah, I, I, he was like a badass in the anime, and this he was just he felt like a cartoon villain. I was like, oh no. So Cowboy Bebop, what was the second one? Uh, Violet Evergarden, mm-hmm. Good call. and then Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. <laughs> All right. Well, we are here, and I'm going to pitch it over to Robert now to do his job now that we've uh, set the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are talking Bubble, which just came out on Netflix, and then we are talking Bell, which actually, as of this recording today, May 3rd, uh, is now available PVOD and will be available on Blu-ray shortly. Uh, it came out in January. As a matter of fact, if you can go in the archives at W2M or wherever else you can find uh, Talk to, talk to Kiki, uh, which is on the Chairshot Network, and then I think their own, their very own feed, the very same. On Spotify, uh, they, yeah. <laughs> they did a, re- a solo review of Bell, but uh, we're happy to have them back here to revisit that review. So, um, Robert, go ahead and jump into the plot synopsis for Bubble, which um, is a 2022 Japanese post-apocalyptic animated film produced by Wit Studios, directed by Tetsuro Araki, and written by Jen Urobuchi, and features character designs by Takeshi Obata and music composed by Hiroyuki Sawano. The film had early screenings at the Berlin International Film Festival on February 10th, 2022. It was followed by its worldwide release on Netflix April 28th, before being released theatrically in Japan in May. In a manga adaptation of the film by Yurubo uh, Hijihara, debuted in Shonen Jump on April 22nd, 2022. Take it away in short fashion, Robert Winfrey. Uh, this will be a fairly straightforward plot synopsis. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of alien bubbles look, descend on the planet. They cause all kinds of problems, big catastrophe. Then one of them in particular forms a giant bubble around the city of Tokyo. Most people leave because we there's all kinds of problems that exist within the within this particular zone uh if you've seen annihilation think something a little bit like the shimmer uh not quite as crazy though here there's a bunch of gravitational anomalies and other kinds of environmental hazards black holes show up spontaneously like they do Uh, and as in any case when you find places like this the disenfranchised the lonely the orphaned will go there and set up shop and establish the lord of the flies here it's not quite that dystopian uh it's a bunch again there's a bunch of kids there's some scientists in there studying the various anomalies are we're introduced to our primary the primary method whereby disputes are settled in this particular zone is they call it battle core it's parkour racing first person to get to a flat first team to get to a flag at the end of a course wins we were calling an american ninja warrior yep sure (laughs) That's fair. Uh, you could go with Banzai. They could have. I already don't like this podcast. You guys are talking about stuff I don't understand. <laughs> oh, it was before your time. I'm getting jealous, Matthew. You keep talking to Robert, and Robert's picking up all your cues, and no one's talking to me. I want to talk to David. Hi, David. Hi, Mark. I want to talk to we'll, Star Trek? We'll, we'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> we'll tell you when you're older. Uh, so you the, hear, you the, hear the five me- minutes. Okay, go ahead. The messed up gravity allows them to do all kinds of really crazy stuff, and our primary 
uh, protagonist is someone who also suffers from a very hypersensitive hearing. And he's the one who can still jump off of some of these bubbles that are floating around aimlessly in space, well, in the space of this area. And this allows him to win a lot of these races much easier than other people who don't have his abilities because messing with the bubbles is a tricky proposition. Well, he's also drawn to one of the epicenters of the big cataclysmic explosion that started all of this. Tokyo it's, Tower. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Fairly famous landmark. And he... Oh, I almost made a haiku joke there, and I'm going to restrain myself. <laughs> I don't they, know these things. I don't know nothing. <laughs> so he is uh, trying to get up there once. He slips and falls, and one of the bubbles, which is mostly sentient, comes down, forms, and takes on the form of a human girl, saves him from drowning. The this group, His group of misfits kind of adopt her. She slowly learns what it means to become human. They engage in another couple of races, one with a nefarious group of people who have sponsors. I don't know what sponsorship is like. I sure would like to, though. Mark, we need sponsors. <laughs> well, t talk to the people who run American Whammy, brother. Yeah, uh, apparently, yeah apparently we're working on those. <laughs> we're working on it. Uh, this all kind of comes to... So there's a bunch of this. There's our primary protagonist, whose name escapes me off the top of my head. Forgive me. Are you talking about the protagonist, Hibiki? Hibiki, oh, thank okay. you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they, uh, he and the girl, who he names Uda, mm -hmm. yeah, which is just like Japanese for song, I think. Yep. They start to fall in love, but Uda is, again, an alien bubble given quasi-form through a weird combination of merging with other bubbles and being part of this dimension. Uh, they set this against the backdrop of the original Hans Christian Andersen fable of the Little Mermaid, so you can kind of tell exactly where this is going. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, one of the other instances of these bubbles, she Uda describes as her sister, wants her to come back home. Eventually, she does, stopping Uda from destroying the Earth because the bubble, uh, again, fairly typical stuff here if you're into this genre. She sacrifices her corporeal form in order to stop uh, the destruction of the planet. But Everything that she learned and all the friends she made along the way made everything that she did definitely worthwhile and changed her. And everyone get uh, the bubbles basically remove their nefarious and malicious aspect of them. There's still some that are around, but the big barrier over Tokyo drops so the city can be rebuilt. Water level goes down a little bit. And everyone kind of gets back on with their lives. And Hibiki just still kind of feels that Uda's close to him, whether that's reality or just in his head. We're not quite sure. Uh, again, it's a pretty straightforward that it's a lovely little film. Uh, if you heard the director's name that Mark just read and that sounded vaguely familiar or you watched the film and were curious about some of the directional cues that came up, that's because that gentleman directed the first three seasons of Attack on Titan. And if you've seen that... And you Death can... Note. And Death Note, yeah. Oh, Death Note's so good. But if you, you can see some of the similar camera tricks that he uses here. So anytime they're doing the free-running sequences... He does a lot of fun stuff that's very reminiscent of, again, the stuff you do with the ODM gear in Attack on Titan. So right. visually very nice, lovely little story. David, uh, you've been waiting patiently, and we'll we'll go David, Matthew, and um, and I don't know. <laughs> me, me and Robert can arm wrestle for it. But um, so let's start with you, David. What were, <laughs> what were some of your thoughts here on the craft for Bubble? Uh, Animation-wise, very good. Like the parkour sequences are very well directed, very well animated. 
they're certainly the highlight of the film. Uh, general animation wise, you know, very solid stuff. Character designs are uh, have a very urban aesthetic to them, urban Japanese aesthetic. So depending on how much you like that, your mileage may vary. It's not quite the look I go for, but uh, to each their own. Um, I mean, story-wise, like the moment Uta took out the Little Mermaid that started reading, it's like, well, I know I'm not going to get too attached. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the, the most... The, the, the most suspense I ever got out of the film was like, it's like, no, they can't just literally be doing the little mermaid. You know, like, <laughs> like there, there's got to be a twist towards the end, maybe. And there, there wasn't. Uh, so uh, if you, if you like parkour and you like the original non Disney version of the, the little mermaid, you will love this film. It's, it's, it's perfectly for you. If like me, I, I kind of find that story very, very depressing. I understand the message of it, but it's just, I was not in the mood for, uh, you know, the girl dies ending, sort of. So, <laughs> where do you um, among the, you know, the anime films that you've watched over the past couple of years, um, middle, middle, upper, lower? Like, where does it rank for you? Uh, I'd say middle. Like, it's again, technically, there's nothing bad about it. Like, mm-hmm. everything makes sense in the story. I didn't get lost at all. Again, the parkour sequences were very well done. Uh, it's mentioned, you know, the actor from Attack on Titan Death Note, he knows how to do dynamic action scenes. Uh, Susumu Hirasawa, the, 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 the music, he, you know, he's worked with Satoshi Kon a few times, so he's very good at doing ethereal scores. I mean, again, it was kind of a bit of a depressing score, I found. Mm-hmm. Very uh, melancholic. Yeah, very melancholy. Mm-hmm. So, so if you want to just, like, marinate in melancholy, this is a great film for you. If you're looking for something more upbeat, traditional, uh, you know, happy, uh, not so much. But <laughs> like I, I'd say, again, technically it's very good. I think your enjoyment of the story goes for like, if if this is the kind of story that you like, where if you are into a bit more melancholy. All right, Matthew, go ahead and take it away here. Tell us what worked for you in the film first, and then um, if anything, what, did what didn't work. Yeah. Okay. Um... I love the animation for this because it reminded me of uh, from Vivi, Fluorite Ice Song, which was an original show from last year, which was one of my favorites. Yeah, and it's the same, but the same studio with studio. And I got that same animation feel. How they did the parkour was fantastic. Uh, the camera angles is how it was shot, drawn, animated, whatever you want to call it. They, they nailed it for what they wanted to do. They wanted to focus more of the parkour aspect of it. And when they did, I just was not disappointed at all. And uh, Yuta's song I loved, especially the the rest of the score, but whenever she did her little humming, I really liked it. I thought it fit it where they were in terms of like the races and stuff like that. Uh, I liked, I get the character designs are nice. I liked Hibiki and Yuta together for what little time they had together. <laughs> but uh, no, they had a good dynamic for a bit. And again, if you've seen Little Mermaid, you knew what was going to happen. Or rather, if, if, if you know the original story of the Little Mermaid. If, if you, you know the original story. If you've seen the Disney version. is going to rip out your heart. Yeah. <laughs> but if you've seen the Disney version, kids, uh, I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> like, oh, the, no. <laughs> that is the case with a lot of the, the Disney films, because yeah. they base them on Grimm's fairy tales. And there's a reason why they call them Grimm. Um, what... Um, 
I'm going to just throw this out there. I'm going to ask you a direct question because okay. you guys are because you and David both mentioned the parkour, and that is obviously the big selling point of this movie. Um, you know, I think the other thing is the color, the colorful animation and whatnot. Right. But um, mm -hmm. but I mean, really, like you're here to watch the parkour, and I don't know. For me, one of my big criticisms of the movie. It, one of the few, but the big criticism was that I feel like they did the parkour thing a little too much too long in, in every sitting. It just it just felt like on a you pro probably could, you probably could have done away with like one race. Yeah, and I think one of my other gripes was aside from Kai, I did not care much about the other side characters. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I feel like the Raws had to feel like they were just there. Mm -hmm. And this Undertaker group, I thought, like, you know, like, they looked cool and all this. Like, what was their deal? They didn't add anything except for those uh, special yeah, shoes that they wear. Yeah. And it's okay, like, so where you... do they get them? How do they find them? <laughs> Why you just give them away? <laughs> and there was one character, kind of like a blonde, long blonde-haired character, I think, with glasses, that seemed like he was going to fill the role of the guy being displaced on the team by the new girl. Yeah, you uh, see Usagi? <laughs> Yeah, he I seems uh, kind of like into Uta and maybe possibly jealous of her relationship yeah. with him. Right, and then and you're kind of, do they not the moment do where anything he, with it? Yeah, uh, you're kind of waiting for the moment where he like stabs him in the back, right. assaults Uta, or, or costs him the race. Yeah, or yeah, he he causes some friction or division within the the heroes group. But no, he just he's kind of there mumbling to himself, and then when the big ending happens, he's like okay, I'm driving the ship now. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that was. Uh, just piggybacking off some of what you're saying, Matthew, that, those are my big frustrations. With it. I did like, there was one scene, and it, it's, it's, it's goofy, but it, it made me laugh, is where they right. feed her for the first time, and yeah. she has the egg, and she doesn't like know what to do with it, and has a kind of a stranger in a strange land. Like, I, I, I She crushed the this. eggs! <laughs> I, I struggled with this movie, but I think I struggle with a lot of anime, so you can't really go by me. This is yeah. not my This is not my genre. But I try. Uh, I try for yeah. Robert. As long as you try, that's all that matters. Yeah, this you is know? not a movie where you 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 get hung up on the details. You kind of just sit back and let it wash over you. Because yeah, if you start getting nitpicky, Lord knows if you start getting like real world physics on this, your your head is just going to seize. <laughs> right. I, um, well, all I all I ask if you're going to mess with physics this badly is you give me an in world reason. Like I'll I'll go I'll take the journey with you if you give me a reason. I think so they did, though, right? And they, they did. They, yeah, they did here. Okay. They, it's one of the things they say, like, gravity here is all kinds of messed up. Right. So, mm -hmm. okay, if you tell me that, I'll take the journey you with you. Yeah. So they're saying they do it just because. Stuff. Yeah. Um, is there, really quick, Matthew, is there anything that you didn't like about it? Um, was there, you know, when well, you like think I about... Said, other... like, like I I didn't care much about the side characters except for Kai. Mm -hmm. He was pretty nice. Uh, I wanted to know more about the Undertaker group. Like like okay. they all like oh, like what, what was their deal like are yeah they, they were just... kind of they they were kind of like you know like from Gem and the Holograms they were kind of the misfits like, where, like, they, they, had, they, they had cool designs and all this I want to know where they got those types of shoes did they make them right. did they find them were they made by the bubbles right. Right. I think it was kind of implied that they were from their sponsors. Mm -hmm. it, uh, but I think yeah, but they that point, like, though, you say to, that, like who are they and how did yeah. they get them? I feel like these to, like these are special types of shoes that you want to know more about. The fact you don't well, know about them. It's I want like, to uh... I want to transition over to Robert because but I want to ask him a very specific thing and then and then let him talk about his ideas. But I think one of my biggest criticisms about anime in general, at least the stuff that I've been exposed to, is there's so and you and I talked a bit about this during Devilman Crybaby. 
uh, the navel gazing that goes on in a lot of anime. You know, it, it's it, Dave, you, you, you've spoken to there's definitely cultural styles that are very present in almost anything Japanese, but especially anime. And it's sometimes hard for a Westerner like myself to get wrap my head around it. Right. And this and this felt like that. This this one was another. I wouldn't say tortured, though some of this stuff can be for me. But it definitely it. it's meditative. Ahead. Right, yeah. like it, that, there's a lot of the experience that's kind of meant to be more, again, purely experiential, mm-hmm. and just it, you let the the mood and the visuals just kind of wash over you, rather than are necessarily all that engaged in the story. Yeah, like if, if you want something where everything is explained to you, every nook and cranny of the world has been fleshed out and understood, like what they did with Star Wars. Now, where we mm-hmm. have to know, you know, where did Han Solo get his boots? Like, I just bought them from a store. Like, who cares? Okay. I don't, well, considering the Lando's, considering Lando's wearing all of his clothing at the end of Empire Strikes yeah, Back, he stole them. <laughs> yeah, but 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 yeah, you, yeah, you don't really have to go down every rabbit hole of every character and everything. It's just yeah, just sort of sit back and enjoy the experience itself, mm-hmm. and kind of you know do do what you know, play around with what they give you and kind of figure it out from there, sort of thing. Robert used the word experiential, and I and I think that that really does speak to um, how you should view this movie. You guys use the phrase, let's just let it wash over you. Yeah. It's kind of a blanket. Um, and, and I think that's where I personally struggle with it because like, I don't, I'm very much a story driven guy. I want to, I want to be on a train. I don't want to lay, I don't want to just lay back and let the blanket fall on me, but go ahead, Robert. Um, I, I started to off here with just my general impressions. What did you think? Uh, again, this is a perfectly lovely little story. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, I think there is a narrative issue that needs to be discussed. We've all kind of touched on it. Right. This is not sure whether or not it wants to be a like 13 episode single series of an anime or a movie. And consequently, it winds up a little bit half pregnant. (laughs) Uh, You've got a bunch of side characters that are interesting to look at and that are intriguing. But because we're in a film format, we never really get a lot of chance to explore and flesh out in the way that you would if you're in a longer format type of medium right by the same token you don't really embrace some of the more uh immediacy that comes with a 90 minute runtime well this is actually more like two hours but for the sake of argument you don't really embrace the uh, what that's able to give you as a narrative constriction so your story's a little bit not quite where it needs to be your pacing's a touch off uh and you don't quite get the character relationships uh, as fleshed out as they could be. So again, that you're t- this is just a little bit, I think, conceptually halfway between two points. Uh, that said, like I said, like we've all mentioned, the animation is beautiful. The score is really good. It's a nice little adaptation of the Little Mermaid that they don't. Uh, I appreciate that they don't even try to hide it. They kind of walk you by the hand. Yeah, they with even that. Talk, they even talk about it in the film. Constantly. Yeah. So it, it's a fun little way to, you know, watch a movie, l- just let something kind of wash over you, enjoy the visuals. Show the kids. <laughs> yeah, my kids both liked it. But it, it, it's funny, Matthew. I don't know how old you are. I'm I'm, older I'm 31. Than dirt. You're 31. Okay, so you're a child. Um, I'm only, <laughs> I'll be 46 in a month. I am I and I think all of you guys are plus or minus 10 years of each other. Rob, you're late 30s, Dave, same thing. Mid. 36. Mid, 36. Dave, same thing. Uh, 37, so I'm okay. just ahead of Robert. 
Yeah. Look, hang on. This is the first time I have not been the youngest guy on a podcast I've done in a long time. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely think, and, and, and I think this is worth kicking around for just a minute. And I'm going to write the time code here because I have a sneaky suspicion I'm going to want to use this for TikTok. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering how much of anime resonates with people just after my generation. So again, I'm 46. You know, I'm deep in the heart of Gen X. I'm wondering how many people around my age struggle with this, but it definitely appeals to your guys' demographic, obviously, and then all the way down to my kids who are 8 and 11. Because I'll tell you, there's a lot of like modern American Western animation that my kids don't like and their their cohorts don't like, but they all talk about anime and they all talk about manga. And I, and I have to wonder, Robert, then Dave, then Matthew, is how much of this is the content itself just somehow doesn't reach people my age, but there's something about you younger folks that it, it does speak to. Well, there's a couple of things I think that go into this. One is, again, formative years are very important. You know, mm -hmm. you didn't, people of your generation just don't, didn't have access to it the way that we did. I think I mean, it's also, I'm sorry, I think it's also the okay. fact that with your generation, cartoons were mostly for kids. Mm -hmm. And with that aspect of it, as an adult, you're not going to look at it. Like, even though there's a lot of it that is for adults, teens and such, you're going to think it's just a kid show. Yeah, I think there's some of that. I think here's the other thing about this, and this might be blasphemy depending on who you are listening to, but a lot of the stuff that came out when you were to been the appropriate age, Mark, just wasn't very good. First of all, how dare you? Thundercats, <laughs> He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers. I Hold on. I'm not saying they're wrong to like. Okay? Gundam? <laughs> around the time. <laughs> Voltron. Yeah. Hang on. I liked an anime. It was Voltron. Saint Saya. Uh, <laughs> look, yeah, and Speed Racer was a thing. Yeah, we, I, I, I'm just Star saying. Blazers, Space Battleship, you on my toe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> space, I, uh, wait, Space Sandwich, on my toe? Space Battleship, Yamato. Oh, got it. Okay. Sailor Moon. <laughs> the, uh, the point there is, one, it was all a lot. It was not quite to the same quality that we get nowadays. You know, nowadays, yeah. a lot of people have put a, enough time and enough energy into making this stuff uh, to all kinds of different degrees and all kinds of different categories that it's more recognized as a legitimate art form than it was yeah, again, back when you would have been a kid in the you know late seventies, yeah, like watching Gigantor or something. <laughs> and, and and that's just what that's just what it was at the time. You know, that's not a good, mm -hmm. bad, or otherwise. It's just a statement no, of reality. Here, hang, hang, on. To do, hang on. All you have to do is watch the documentary, The Toys That Made Us, to know that ninety percent of the cartoons generated were long form commercials to sell toys. As someone who grew up being marketed Transformers and the Ninja Turtles, I yes, yes. <laughs> uh, David, but, well, hang on. Here's the last yeah. thing I think that is important to understand about this. Mm -hmm. I think people of your generation, Mark, will resonate with it. You just have to be a bit more people like, you know, again, about that 10 year gap. We're a bit more uh, and we've done this enough that we're good about curating our selection. Mm -hmm. Like we know how to find what we like, yeah. whether, whether that's purely visual. So, you know, which studio to look at anything by studio bones is going to be gorgeous by way of example. So sure. I give them a bit more, uh, I, I give them a bit more credence. I, 
I know which other reviewers and whatnot whose opinions are either in line with mine or whose opinions I respect so I can kind of filter what I'm interested in that way. I, you get a sense of, again, how to filter out stuff that you really will be interested in because there's a bunch of crap that I hate so much. But if you know, so if you know how to curate the, the experience, right, I think stuff I think this will resonate with you the way anything will. I mean, there's a I reason to... I there's a reason I pointed you at Odd Taxi as one of these right. things because I knew Sorry. you would enjoy that. David, um, just piggybacking off what Rob said, I want to direct you and then also hear your thoughts on sort of this ball we're kicking around on mm-hmm. what why elder folk don't necessarily gravitate towards anime, but younger folk do. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about as I was watching this was the pacing. Mm-hmm. There is a deliberate pacing that I feel like is in a lot of anime. And it kind of reminds and it's weird that it that I have such a struggle with it because I'm also a big fan of 70s cinema mm-hmm. where the pacing of everything was deliberate. I mean, the deer hunter's still going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um it's it, that is that is a 12 the deer hunter turned, long movie. The deer hunter turned into the Irishman at some point. <laughs> yes, that's just a going. transition. Um, and so while I, you know, Dog Day Afternoon, while I love all these like bit, you know, big time, arty seventies deliberate, deliberately paced features, then I get to then I watch a lot of anime, and I'm thinking everything from like Spirited Away to this to to you know my daughter dragging me to the Demon Slayer movie, <laughs> and I was like. Hey, does careful any, what you say about that. It's pretty good. <laughs> and does anyone in Japan know how to move the camera a little quick? And, and I say that out loud with the tacit recognition that I grew up in an era where everything moved fast. And I was almost like trained to be an ADD adult film <laughs> watcher because it was all supposed to move quickly so that I would then run into the room full of adrenaline and go, Mom, toys. So what do you think, David? Am I on to something here or am I off? Uh, I can't really comment too much on the pacing of things. Like my best guess would be due to the manga-inspired roots of a lot of mm-hmm. of, of where most anime comes from. Like it's taken from you know, the way that manga is made. Also, the budgets on these productions are very, very small compared to an American animation production. So they have sort of learn and develop every trick in the book to just make the maximum impact from the minimum wait, motion. Wait. So what I'm interpreting as navel gazing and deliberate is actually them just holding, it's like the Flintstones, just holding the damn image still because they don't have enough money to animate the thing. That might be part of it. Uh, <laughs> it could be a stylistic tutorial <laughs> choice. It could be a culture. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't really give you like the in-depth sure. answers. These are just some some no, theories. We're, just, um, we're kicking a ball around, buddy. Yeah, as, as for your main question about, uh, you know, am, am I too old or something like that? Um, I I mean the vast majority of anime is made for children. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like like I know like when you first get into anime, like oh you know in Japan adults watch animation too. It's not just for kids. No, it's it's mostly for kids. Uh, like <laughs> the reason why ninety nine percent of all anime takes place in high school. Right. Well, that and that and even the adults in Japan yearn for the younger days after the before they became salary men with their souls crushed. That's one theory too, but but yeah. like, it, it, it's a contributing. Well, the main demo now is is mostly teenagers. Why Shonen so popular? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Shonen means like young men. Like yeah. that's that's the target audience. Just like shoujo is young women, but there's also like seinen, jose. Like there there are you know older men and women targeted stuff, but right. you know the, the majority of it, the stuff that makes the most money is the teen that, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that targets yeah the the teens or preteens or kids. With a few Even, like family shows that people will watch, like your Sazai Sons, your Detective Conan's, 
And so, or loop on the third. Yeah, loop on the third. You know, that, that most people. I watched the I watched the newest one. That was really good. <laughs> so, so one of the reasons is most of what you're watching is meant for children. Yeah, gotcha. like yeah, like maybe like of all the stuff you've mentioned, Spirited Away is probably the only thing I can think of that's like made for older people. Because Miyazaki mm. is now a bitter old man who hates the world. So I want to just give you some just you to clarify now? something. When I was yeah, a kid, <laughs> so I'm in high school, and the little bit of anime that we're exposed to in high school, I remember the big things were Matthew. If you want to weigh in on this, Akira and Fist of the North Star. Like yes. to me, that was anime. I don't know if either one I would say was meant for children. Uh, Fist of the North, North Star, Star, yes. Akira, not so much. North no. Star, North Star is much more a. It's a young te- It's a young boy power fantasy. It's mostly what okay. Fist of the North yeah. Star is. And then like, jo- and now they now they have JoJo for that. Hey, JoJo's is awesome. It is, yes. And <laughs> the one you pitched me, you're like, please just watch one season of JoJo's Magical Adventure. Bizarre Adventure, and I think if you ever do get around to watching it, like. You will either hate that or you will love it. There's not a lot of middle ground on JoJo's. Yeah, it's it's more of you got to be patient because not a lot of people like part one, but they really love it when once they get to part two and then part three. Part three is where everything kind of really kicks off, but you also don't really appreciate part three without parts one and two. So there's a and and you need it for the stars, the story wise. Yeah. So another thing I'll also point out: when you get into something like this, uh, the cream rises to the top. Like when you first go into anime, you've got access to like all the good stuff right at the start right it's the same thing with people that get big into like uh you know british tv right mm-hmm. you're know, like oh you know downton abbey and the crown the crown and like oh man their tv show is so much better yeah i, I talked to my friends who are like are from england it's like what are you talking about english tv is shite <laughs> they're thinking about like you know the, the common you know serials that they watch like just- hey, i i will defend our uh older older british tv series but are you being served still makes me laugh oh that's a great show but i mean they're, they're, I like the office and like, like <laughs> the, the uk yeah, like, like, like you get all those sort of well done classic and prestige stuff making now at the start so you think like man their stuff is so much better than ours well no it, it's because you're getting access to that like one percent of stuff that's truly exceptional and there's yeah. so much of it. Once you chew through that and you start to get to uh, their actual stuff, your stuff, then you're like, oh, geez, yeah, there's actually, there's a lot of really bad anime out there. There's a lot of oh, really yeah. bad anime right now. There's a lot of bad anime in the past, but there's also a lot of good stuff through the years. And you can just gorge yourself on that at the start. And you just think this is the best thing ever. Yeah. You know yeah. what I think is some of the best stuff to come out of Japanese culture besides the hentai? You want to know what it is, David? Music. It is. How did you All get right, good. I like the band. I thought thought you were going to say the wrestling, but we 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 have two. I have I have a sponsor. Um, Your soundtracks, and that was the segue you went with. Okay. (laughs) Yep. I like the baby metal, and I like uh, and I like the band made. I'm hoping we get now a thousand listens just because I mentioned band made out loud. Um, (laughs) Only if you put it in the description. (laughs) And uh, I think Love Bites is another one, but uh, another one they like. And anyways, Robert, do you know where I can listen to all these Japanese bands with the the Joshi, Jaiken, Hachi Tachi girls singing with please, the death metal. Please stop. Oh <laughs> J pop. That's it. It's J pop. That's the one. J pop singers with the death okay. metal in the background. Oh my me. <laughs> well, look, at le- that was the least offensive variation. Of yeah. On there, so we're going with it. Uh, at least, at least Joshi, which was a real word that was. At- <laughs> oh. that, that refers to wrestlers. That one I knew. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, and 90s Joshi was so good. Oh my god, do the plug! (laughs) Well, given that I have access to the internet, I know there are a billion different places where I can listen to any kind of music that I want, but if you want a really good one that's high quality and that we're giving away a free 30-day trial to, Amazon Music Unlimited is a great service. Yes, it is. Uh, we are, in fact, giving away a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service with the link in this podcast at getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network, soon to become known as American Whammy, in which case we will need a new link. But right now, well, while it lasts... <laughs> there's, so, there's so much stuff I've recorded already that I'm going to have to... <laughs> <laughs> Robert's like, flip the table angry now. Like, no one consulted me. I'm not, I, I'm probably just not going to change some of the things. Just leave it. No one will notice. Um, everything everything going forward, I'll change. But Sure. I Absolutely. You still owe me another Terminator, by the way. That hasn't been uploaded. I'm yet. aware of where it is. It's not for at He's least get another to it. <laughs> I'll get it. June It'll will be, be here before you know it. Uh, get AmazonMusic.com. Uh, you said June of 23. No, 22. That's like why trigger? I asked that question. I said, I t- just... and I answered you, Drew. All right. I, I said, <laughs> where I the said, other wait. Terminator stuff is? God damn it! <laughs> I said, wait, was that June of this year or next year? And you said yes. next year. No, I said this but, uh, year. It will be okay. It will be up. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. Well, Amazon Music. Spider Spider-Man, Damn it! It's a W2M network for your free 30-day trial. And with that, <laughs> let's go to the critical review. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Well, um... Be good if I actually put it on the screen. There we go. There we go. That's the stuff. All right. Well, All right. Oh, I'm gonna get to yell at critics. This will be fun. The, yeah, All the right, critics. I'm ready. <laughs> the critics didn't. Yeah, give Matthew some room to work here. He's he's <laughs> chomping at the bit. I told him. <laughs> I I told him what to do, and he's ready. Um. So yes, the audience seem to enjoy it. The critics are probably like me, old fuddy duddy. Only seventeen people. <laughs> they uh they didn't love it. Is what happened here. So top critic, what, top critic, no picture. So who are you? Oh, well, we'll get there. Give me a moment. Let me let me do my thing here. Uh, yeah, da, 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 there we go. All right, let's start with James Hadfield, David, uh, from the Japan Times. You know him? Uh, no, can't say I do. I know the Japan Times. Oh, perfect. That that counts. Okay, it's better enjoyed as a rush of sensations, and there are moments when the visuals reach borderline psychedelic heights. If only the film as a whole wasn't so stubbornly earthbound. I agree with most of that, except for the whole earthbound thing. Yeah. I'm, not sure he's, I'm not sure what he's getting at there. Yeah, that the last part of that doesn't make sense. He's entirely correct that that's him. That's him being more clever than coherent. Yeah, you you you're too clever by half there, buddy, for your own good. Uh, All right. Next one. Uh, let's go. Let's talk to Robert's father here, uh, Roger Moore of Movie Nation. I haven't read him in a while. We haven't caught up with your dad lately, Robert. Yeah, that I had really hoped that uh, something I had arranged for Mister Moore had come to, <laughs> had come through, but uh, apparently still in the waiting process. 
Did it involve a salmon of some sort? I'm uh, not saying anything else that might incriminate me. Oh, good. You're learning. Uh, <laughs> Roger Moore. Of Moon... It won't be used as evidence at a trial. <laughs> Roger Moore of Movie Nation, Robert's father. This isn't the least interesting story I've ever seen told in anime, but it's right up there. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> this, this speaks to your ignorance, sir. Nothing else. There are so many less interesting stories than this that have been told in the anime genre. Have they, have they watched Bio Broly? <laughs> I know! <laughs> no, that's bad. You could have made a, a, a shot at them doing The Little Mermaid, but no, no, you, you went with that line instead. I know! Like... If you want right. to, if you want to knock the story here, fine. I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying at least make your criticisms valid. Mark, uh, judge stick of Mark reviews movies. This you is a different Mark. Not loser. Me. Hey, he said the thing. He said the thing. Like, yeah. No, no, no. Look at that picture, those of you who can, and tell me that's not the picture of a guy trying way too hard to look like he's a professional. And can you can can you do the line again? What you self-employed loser. <laughs> um, I'm glad that amuses you. It, we have fun, can't you tell, Matthew? We have. We like to have fun here. <laughs> A lot oh, of it. jokes. Uh, when the movie is in motion, it's quite staggering. Unfortunately, there are there's a lot more to this movie that isn't. Well, that is like still helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's a really unhelpful review. Believe, like, care to elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> They're really good at, at stating their positives. It's just when they go to the negatives, it's like stuff. Explain, movie. Explain. Do your job, critic. Do your job. All right, we'll okay. do one or two more of these, and then we'll move on. Uh, Christopher L. Inoa of Observer, top critic, red star. He gets paid for this. Best of the best. All right. I didn't think I'd experience boredom while watching a film about a team of acrobatic teenagers who compete in life-threatening parkour competitions, all set in a gorgeous yet dystopian version of Tokyo, no less. Well, at least you called it gorgeous. <laughs> but I in, get the feeling... This point, at least. I get the feeling you did expect to experience boredom, and that's kind of why we arrived where we did. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's a disingenuous sentence you just typed out, buddy. Yeah, my... James Marsh, Matthew, of the South China Morning Post. All right. He's lucky he's from South China, but, you know. <laughs> I Guess what? He hated it. This oh, cyber- oh, 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 no shit. <laughs> <laughs> this cyberpunk retelling of The Little Mermaid boasts as much substance and narrative depth as the celestial bubbles that litter the dilapidated city space. Okay, city- moron. Cityscape. This is not cyberpunk. Yeah, Congratulations. there's nothing about cyberpunk. You got you managed to be completely wrong about that. <laughs> just, say, just say you percent. didn't watch it without saying you didn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing cyberpunk here. Nothing did, at did all. He, did he watch Cussings of Cyberpunk 2077 or whatever? No, because then he don't. All right. This last one comes from yet another person who didn't want to watch an anime film. Max Colville of Pace right, Magazine. Max. So his no 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 this is his food magazine. <laughs> Damn it! You beat me to it. <laughs> it's a copy paste magazine. Uh, Max Koval of I eat paste magazine. Despite all its talent, <laughs> well, he must be getting the good shit. <laughs> despite all its talent, Bubble never amounts to something wholly 
unique falling into predictable tropes and a narrative that ends up being a little too self-serious for a parkour adventure with bubbles. Did he put unique falling as one word? He did. Yes. Apparently he's an authority on parkour adventures with bubbles and what they are supposed to be. Uh, yeah. I, I doubt he's done parkour of any kind. <laughs> also, yeah, if you're... I'm going to assume there was some issue with pulling that out because if you're any kind of professional and you fail to recognize that you didn't even put an appropriate space between two different words that are not meant to be conjoined. <laughs> you should be just shoved down the steepest cliff. If only there was like some sort yeah, of just, AI just like program in your resignation papers. Turn in your last again. <laughs> turn in your last paycheck and feel shame. Yes, and just say, "Hey, hey, mom and pa, I wrote shitty anime reviews. Are you proud of me yet?" All right. Well, we squeezed almost an hour out of that. Now let's talk about a really good film. Let's talk about Bell. <clears throat> Bell. What's a good movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Dragon and the Freckled Princess is a 2021 Japanese animated science fantasy film written and directed by Mamura Hosoda and produced by Studio Chizu. The story is inspired by the 1756 French fairy tale Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, this is the tale as film. old as time, David. Oh, this is the second film ripping off a fairy tale and involving singing. I did that purposely. Well, there was no Gaston, so zero out of ten. No one cheats like Gaston. No. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan does not have a song. No one spits like Gaston. All right, We're on. all just grateful Justin didn't get a song. The story is inspired by the 1756 French fairy tale Beauty and the Beast by Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont, uh, with Hasoda taking cues from the 1991 Disney animated movie. That's very no, generous, no. like ripping it off frame by frame. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say. Just, just missing talking teacups. Um, <laughs> just a few visual bits of Well, you got talking pixies instead. but Yeah, true. The film received its world premiere on July 15, 2021 at the 2021 Cannes Film Festival, where it was well-received by critics with a Can't standing ovation woo, that lasted 14 minutes. Are you fucking kidding me? Here's, all, here's what happened, Mark. A giant circle jerk? No. We have, no. We, all the people who saw the original Disney Beauty and the Beast in theaters have retired or are dead. <laughs> and the ones who went to the Cannes Film Festival didn't see the live-action version, so this was all new to them. Oh, perfect. <laughs> okay, that tracks. I'm with you now, brother. Uh, it was released theatrically in Japan on July 16, 2021. G-Kids has licensed the film in North America with a nationwide release of January 14, 2022, and previews in select IMAX theaters on January 12th. While well, Animated Limited released the film in the United Kingdom on February 4th, 2022, Bell is the third highest grossing Japanese film of 2021, accounting for 6.53 billion yen in box office rankings as of December 12th, 2021. David, have you been able to rewatch this since you saw it in theater? Uh, no, I was only able to watch it in the theaters. Okay. First what time. was your... before this Robert? Must have been a, this must have been a trip in the theaters, man. There's some gorgeous stuff. I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. we'll, like, we'll I, get just, to that, yeah. I just wanted to get like really, really quick. Like, don't go in depth. Just initial reactions when you first saw it in the theater, David, and then Matthew. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Again, like very well animated, very gorgeous, a phenomenal soundtrack. Uh, yeah, like it was. It, it it is a film that benefits from the big screen treatment. Mm -hmm. Okay, and en enough of it was had a lasting enough impact that you feel like you didn't need to rewatch it again before you talked about it today. Uh, it was it was more accessibility. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was it was just starting on uh, VOD 
like today. Yeah. So uh, I, I literally bought it in the middle of the night and watched it like throughout the day while I was at work, which is going <laughs> to definitely bleed into how I'm going to review this film. I, I, I have been listening to the soundtrack almost nonstop since then. Have though. you really? Have you, you really? Been I love the soundtrack. All you had to do was ask. I could help you find this stuff. Uh, I understand. I have his own face, but <laughs> yeah. did you know when, when you were watching well, it at home? Did... People that uh, the the English soundtrack and the Japanese soundtrack are two separate soundtracks. Yes. So yeah. were you twirling about your house while you were listening to the soundtrack, David, in your yellow dress? No, it was a pink dress, by the way. Yeah, I'll have oh, you okay. know. <laughs> no. no, it was more just uh, like when I'm out and about, I'll usually put music on and wear earphones or something and while I'm doing, running my errands. All right. So, uh, Matthew, you saw it in the theaters in January as well? I did, yes. And you're, when you walked out of the theater, uh, you threw your popcorn away, you took a deep breath, and you thought... I thought uh, I will get to the problems later when we talk about it. Yes. But outside of that, I thought it was nicely done. It was nicely animated. They did what they wanted to do with terms of music because that's what, or Suzu or Belle, that was her thing, like having the confidence of singing. That's yeah. after, you know, her dead mother and all that. So that worked. They, again, with the music in there, they did what they needed to do for it and it excelled. Soundtrack is probably one of my favorite movie-wise, mm -hmm. for sure. I love both the English and the Japanese variations of them. Animation's really nice. Uh, I said, I'm not gonna get to the. I'm not gonna nitpick just yet. Yeah, yeah. I just like when you walked out of the theater, just how you felt. I, right, Robert. I, I, I felt satisfied. Okay. And yeah, I, it's one of those. I this this is something you can show to people that aren't into anime. Yeah. Like the English that. version, and they would enjoy it. I, I like, think that tracks. It, it's very Ghibli like that. Yeah, I, say, I, I got that Ghibli vibe. It's not overall quality wise, but what's it's the other? What's the other Studio Ghibli movie I'm thinking of that isn't Spirited Away? Uh, can you give me a plot synopsis? Or there's a lot of them. So there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be. And, and, the, and there's some that's not by Miyazaki. So there's. Well, I'm Nausicaa gonna look it up. Hang on, hang on. Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. No. Princess Mononoke. That's the one. Princess Mononoke. Okay. Yeah, that's I, love, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, that's another one that that's another one I got dragged to the theater to see by somebody who liked anime in my yeah, yeah. I was probably trying to sleep. With that, that was Miyazaki's first retirement picture. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's again, retired is... more times than Terry Funk. God damn yeah. it! You beat me to it. Forever. <laughs> You're a whore. <laughs> But no, this is definitely something I can. But anime fans and wrestling fans unite, and they would love it. <laughs> All right, Robert, take it away. So the basic, uh, so Belle follows primarily the adventures of our protagonist Suzu, a young woman who used to be into music and performing and singing, and then her mother drowned, rescuing another child from a river flood. Tsunami type. And again, there's a river and it's rising and there's a poor child trapped and she goes to rescue them. The child's rescued. Her mother perishes. She loses her ability to sing in public or in private. Uh, she and her father develop a bit of a strained relationship because the death of a family member will do that to you. Uh, to try and get her out of her funk, one of her friends encourages her to try out the new virtual, not quite virtual reality, but the new Facebook meta social media app, basically whatever it happens to be. We'll, we'll all be in the metaverse soon enough, right? We're already there. <laughs> some, some variation on that. It's called you. 
uh, and she does so, and it turns out that when she's in the when she is in you, uh, Suzu doesn't have nearly Raising. as many problems singing. Don't do it, Mark. Don't do it. Just don't. I see you. So she sings, and the way that in in a very true to life segment. She does one thing on social media, goes to sleep, and wakes up to something having exploded. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. That ha- Believe it or not, that did happen to me once. Uh... I'm trying to... I'm, my goal is now to make Mark have an aneurysm as he tries to contain himself. Just brazen. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna see how many more times I can do this. <laughs> uh, supporting uh, Suzu are a few of her friends. Again, one of them who is your standard uh, technical mathematical genius. Uh, she has a friend who she's got a bit of a crush on. Uh, one of their friends who's a big enthusiast about canoeing. Oh, he was a bro. Shinjiro that was my was favorite bro. part of the whole movie. <laughs> oh yeah, the guy, the guy wandering around. You want to come with me? As he's like, like helming a Klingon batliff. It was I fantastic. Mean, he, look, we've all been there. We've all been. Won't you please listen to my podcast? Uh huh. I got just. No, just... I, I, you know what I do now? I just take people's phones and I like subscribe for them. It's a good. It's a good plan. I should do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just start grabbing people's phones in public. Okay, like, give me your Spotify. It. I'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll hook you up. Uh, so, again, there's a decent enough supporting cast. Some of the names are going to escape me, but Suzu becomes a bit famous as a singer under the under her avatar, Belle. Well, during one of her concerts, it is crashed by the Beast, a large dragon avatar character who and, is and in... And Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. So Shadow, the ultimate specimen... <laughs> the ultimate specimen, says my son. Uh, he winds up crashing the concert. We're introduced to these theoretical law enforcement for this social media app who really just I'll get wield to the, that later. <laughs> who wield the power of doxing. Sponsors. Yes, power <laughs> sponsors. They've got a lot of sponsors, and one of them has a thing that if he shoots you with this ray of light, your avatar goes away, and you are yourself. So again, the whole world can then harass you. Uh, people don't like the beast because he's ugly. That they never give an adequate reason for that. They don't actually. Him. It's it's a real problem. He kind Small of just goes in and beats people up and starts. He's an edgy teen that needs to get his frustrations out. That's really it. Yeah. Well, children love him because he's a power fantasy, and I yeah. I'm sure this isn't a commentary on the current state of entertainment media. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Belle, however, is in. She is intrigued by this beast because plot. Uh, she spends time looking for him and encounters a small angel avatar who winds up being the beast's brother. She meets him. She kind of slowly earns his trust. There's a bit of back and forth. There's a hilarious bit about uh, one of the again one of her friends in school who used to be who is a fairly popular athletic boy holds her hand at one point and we get a hilarious war game bit where they try to put out the fires of, wait a minute, is Suzu dating? <laughs> I, I laughed at that segment so hard. Like, that yep. was so good. Is that the risk bit where the phones yeah. are flipping? Okay. That was great. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, everyone's trying to figure out who the 
Beast is because, again, a bunch of the people in the universe want to dox him because he's a... He needs a timeout. He's a loose cannon who doesn't play by his own... who plays by his own rules. Disturbing the peace and interrupting other people's... Yeah, yeah. He's kind of a nuisance and we want to deal with him. But, you know, we're not actually a social media platform, so we can't ban people. Like, they didn't call Mug Zuckerberg? Well, they didn't Elon Musk. It's established that, it's like, what's your style? Well, it's established <laughs> that you is like a free and open platform. So yeah, there there's there isn't really any So how did the over- security guys get all that stuff to so, <laughs> hang on? We can yeah, hang on. We'll yell about the world building in a minute. Hang on. Okay. So please anyway, someone Bell and, next to me. Bell and the <laughs> Bell and the Beast grow a little bit closer. She wants to find out who he is, both for protection and uh, to satiate her own curiosity. They eventually do through a combination of their friends and a little bit of detective work and what and whatnot. And it turns out that our, again, the Beast's real person is a 14-year-old named Kay who's being abused by his father and is shielding his brother from said abuse. And she decide, and they're eventually able to make a public complaint about the abuse these people are, su- these children are yeah. suffering because they live stream part of it without the father knowing. But, and I'm going to have to rely on someone who actually knows the law in Japan more than I do. Apparently you can't, the, the police are not allowed to do anything until at least 48 hours have passed after a complaint's been lodged. Is this a real thing? Does it, anybody here know if that's a real thing or not? I, I just have to ask. Like what? <laughs> yeah, I, I am not sure. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it. Could just be a plot device. Could be a real thing. Okay. Don't know. I believe it. At the, I will accept the in-world ex- explanation. Yep. But this, but Suzu decides that she can't leave these poor kids helpless. So, the what is she? Sixteen? Is she about to graduate? Yeah, six. So sixteen. <laughs> Sixteen, seventeen-year-old kid goes a long ways. From like, you her, know, you, the kid could have been dead by then. <laughs> like the the distance she travels by train, and the speed at which she does it is a bit comical when you look at how big Japan is. Yeah. I've been there. I know. Yeah, like five five hours. It's yeah, like hour train ride. You're basically going from like what what would be the American equivalent that people would understand? Like Los Angeles to San Francisco, maybe, or San Diego. Mm-hmm. Like going going by train, like or San Diego to uh, not San Francisco, like San Diego to Sacramento. Right. Like huge distance. Yeah. Hell, from Tokyo to Osaka, that's like almost 12 hours. Yeah. No, it's four hours. <laughs> Apparently in the movie, yes. Uh, anyway, she does arrive. So, she... Loki. Yeah, yeah. She, arri- she arrives. She's able to locate where they are because, again, uh, detective work and whatnot, and a little bit of plot convenience. She winds up shielding. She winds up shielding them from their father's physical abuse. And here's the only thing I have to say about this: people, if you're going to try and help someone who's being abused by their parents, one, I applaud your bravery. Two, do not expect them to be cowed by the righteousness indignation in your eyes. Yeah, yeah, not no. how that works. No, they will not. They will not stop. Like, was, you got, I brought this you, child into this world. I'll beat him if I want to. Or something. Yeah, that. No, that's not how that works. And he just walked away. <laughs> he fell down and then scurried off. Uh, anyway. Like, okay, okay, when she's gone, they're probably going to get their asses kicked when she's out there. Yeah, there, there's a, the resolution to this is very poor. But she defends them. Their father runs away. 
she, her, again, her uh, quasi-boyfriend back home decides, well, you don't need my protection anymore. You seem to have figured yourself out. The emotional core of this is she was resentful of her mother losing her life trying to protect a stranger and now having defended someone she only met briefly online because it's the right thing to do. She does understand a little bit more and is able to kind of process her grief in a more, in a healthier way. And she decides, and she rediscovers her ability to sing, and there's a few other emotional beats along the road we can touch on, but uh, the kids wind up being safe from their father, theoretically, uh, one would hope. That we see. <laughs> that we see. Um, she re- Suzu rejoins a choir with a bunch of her mother's friends. A bunch of milfs. Uh, <laughs> at least two. Uh, again, they all graduate from high school and everyone looks to move forward with their lives again in a happier and healthier place. She bends her relationship with her father and lobster. David, I'm just going to come right out and say this now. I want to say, because I really only have a couple of things to say about this, but I want to start off with this. The flashback, David, where the mom leaves the child uh, shoreside and runs to save another child who seems to be stranded on an island of rocks surrounded by a puddle i look it's a gorgeously animated movie and i and i especially enjoyed where they would shift to a degree in the animation where you we go from real life into the into the uza uba um whatever it's called you. the uh into the u yeah um you could definitely it, it almost they were definitely trying to ape some of the disney animation especially with close-up shots of bell's face but this one particular scene I have some issues with, and, and, and I don't know. It just it feels like the story they're telling is mom d- uh, dove into the briny deep to save this child and was overwhelmed and drowned, which is part of what sets up the trauma for our lead character, except that the, except they shot it in a way, and it was animated in such a way where you never get a scope of, what the, of what's going on in the water. So it seems like she drowned in a puddle. And I'm not entirely sure how they couldn't get the kid out of there when it seems like, you know, like, oh, my God, this child's in danger. <laughs> and it's just like she's standing on like a rock pile in the middle of the water. First of all, if the water was that deep, how did you get there? Like none of that sequence because of the way it's depicted. Like I buy it as part of the story, but it's not depicted well enough or vibrant enough for me to buy that that situation caused that woman to die, leaving her child abandoned. I'm frustrated and annoyed by that entire scene, David. Yeah, uh, I, I got nothing. It's just... <laughs> I, I, I think it was a high current, but I guess it's more yeah, how it she got current. there. If she, if she got stuck on a tree, like holding on a branch, I would buy that, but... This is yeah, one that, circle. If, if, uh, yeah, um, I don't think like I say it, it's not really important the mechanics of how her mother died. It's the important thing. It she, is that she's traumatized. <laughs> well, no. Well, hang on. Let me let me say this. Let me, get, let me get this out. Film, as I've said many times over the last eight years of doing this, film is a visual medium. And while yes, you're sometimes limited by the age in which you were creating the film. The, you know, Terminator pulling his eye out and fixing it looks all goofy as shit because it was made in the early 80s and we just didn't have those kinds of special effects back then. I get that. But I mean, this is an animated project in 2021. How do you not show effectively such an important part of the movie? And that's more of what I'm asking. Like, and I really want, want David to answer this. We all don't step on him. But I, I just, it was one of those things where clearly it was an important part and they went for the, I feel like they were going for 
we'll let we'll, we'll do close-ups we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shoot this all artsy we're gonna go for close-ups we're not gonna really give perspective except that i don't then understand what happened i was able to glean from it what happened because i'm not dumb but it, i don't think i as, as much as this is a lauded film with, which earned lots of prizes i don't think that shot was particularly effective uh in the way that they were going for yeah, I mean, this this wasn't a Roland Emmerich film, so I understand. <laughs> well, hang on. To to that point, here's here's the biggest problem with how they it's did still that. standing. Was there really a disaster? I don't know. The moon is a superstructure. Uh, the the biggest problem with that is they decided to do the water. This movie does a really good job of blending uh, 2D with 3D. Yeah, a similar thing that similar thing that Bubble does. Like when you get studios that have really got a handle on that, it opens up the film in a very very impressive way. The problem here is they did the water as computer generated, and it looks and made it flat, so it doesn't have a lot of life to it. There's not a lot That's of. What I'm saying, sense it looks of, like a yeah, no, no, I, I'm agreeing with you, but yeah, I'm. I'm you wanted to know why? I'm going into yep, why yep, here. No, yes, 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 yes. I was reaffirming. Yeah, again, the the decision to CG it and to have it be as flat as it is, it takes away a lot of the sense of danger and whatnot that you could do if you were doing it more hand drawn. So i I don't know if that was a budgetary constraint. I don't know if that was a time constraint uh, to the extent that those are different things. But I, I ultimately, if you again, if you wanted to look at the why, that kind of doesn't quite work as well as others. I think it's I think it was that decision to have the water be CG'd. And it just robs that sequence of a lot of life and force. All right. Back to you. And then Matthew, David, um, David, David first and Matthew, what works, what doesn't work about this film uh, craft wise? I would say everything other than the beauty and the beast stuff, I thought worked really, really good for me. Not like a third of the film. Uh, yeah. Like the middle third. Okay. Like I thought uh, like plot wise, like they did a really good job setting up everything like, yeah, you see, we established that Suzu and her mom bonded over over music. So when her mom passed away, you know, she she couldn't really express herself through music anymore because of the trauma. You know, like they show her going to karaoke with her friends, and they they try to get her to sing, and she's like, "No, I can't do it." Even when she's with the yeah the the you know the the older ladies like the neighborhood to you know like uh, you know. Sit, the words escaping, but you know the the the, the, the singing group. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, she she just yeah she she doesn't participate in any of the singing. She just sits under the xylophone and mopes. <laughs> but, but, like, it, it shows off where she's coming from, and then yeah, once she gets into you, and uh, we also mentioned that you you don't get to generate your own avatar. It sort of scans you and uses biometrics to generate one for you. Which I thought was really unfair because you know Susan gets turned into a total babe and everyone else is like some sort of goofy cartoon character. Uh, yeah, she pulled, say, up, she pulled up the class photo. Of like, oh, my friend, this friend, this girl's hot. Well, you're gonna be her now. That seems like a recipe for hurting someone's feelings. Like, wait a minute, why am I a rock troll? Yeah, uh, well, well, yeah, I, I, we you point out that, would be. Uh, yeah, when when it scans her like uh, school photo and it, it and she initially thinks that I think because she, she was standing next to Ruka, the sort of super popular girl. Yeah, she's like, oh, you know, it scanned Ruka by mistake, but then it puts the freckles on, and Suzu has freckles, and no one else does in the movie. Yeah, which is why it's in the title of the film, the Freckled Princess. So that was like, oh, okay, I guess it is me, and 
Yeah, but the like the music, like every time Bell sings, pretty much is is like everything just stops and it's just these beautiful, haunting, intense songs. Um, like especially, I think Utayo, the first song she sings in You, that one's just really just beautiful and haunting. It's it's a really great song that kind of got me got me hooked. Uh, Lend me your voice, the sort of romantic, uh, not tale as old as time song. That she does with the dragon. I was like, oh, it, it, it was okay. Uh, I, I did like how they used that because he was the only person that she sang the song to. They were able to figure out who he is from hearing his little brother yeah. humming the song. I mean, I kind of impressed that you could hear that live stream on the internet. <laughs> Everything else that happens on the internet, but okay, yeah. it kind of makes sense. And uh, sort of yeah, at the end where she gets uh, Jonathan to intentionally dox her. Because uh, was it her friend? Was it Shino or Sh- Shinobu? Says you know the o- the only way you're going to convince this kid to let you in that you're really Belle is if you sing as yourself. And so you know she goads Jonathan into into shooting her the doxing ray, and then she's Suzu in you with pretty much the whole world looking at her, and then she starts to sing Million Miles Away, and you can hear it in her voice how it's like cracking and hesitating, like you. You can tell she's really struggling at the start of the song to to sing this, and you just you know it, it almost breaks your heart hearing it. And then if, you know as she goes on, she picks up more. He, we do host it as classic, like the whole internet joins in to help you. He did this in Summer Wars. He did it in the Digimon movie. I think he did it in a Pepsi advert when he was just getting started out. Like you know, it's 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 his his one trick, but damn it, he's really good at it. And make it work. I was yeah. say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, so so that all worked really good for me, and and you yeah you see how Suzu's initial curiosity about the beast. I mean, they call him the dragon, but it's it's the beast, you know. And you know, girls kind of like a bad boy, right? So you you kind of have her getting interested in him and trying to understand what's going on with him and and help him out. And then yeah, like by the end of the film, she's able to sort of stand up to their dad and. And, and protect them. Because they even have that bit where he says, like, you know, you say, let me help you, but everyone says, let me help you, and nothing ever gets done. You yeah, know, so, like, oh, so, like, so why are you different? Social services come. Dad's, oh, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. I've just been under a lot of stress. And then he keeps on doing it. Like, boy, nothing did, ever boy did that resonate, man. I mean, yeah. I've, I've never been, you know, I've never been abused emotionally or physically. But I've, <laughs> but I've seen it enough that, like, when that, when he's going on that spiel, like, that that is that speaks to an unbelievably sad truth about the human condition right now yeah, yeah. So, yeah not so, right now yeah. probably through generations yeah so so yeah when you have Suzu actually go and use herself as a human shield against the dad you know, yeah he, he scratches her face once and then kind of goes like you know maybe beating up a 16 year old girl in the public in the middle of the street might not be a good idea yeah, but no, my god I mean, i'm gonna keep trying <laughs> nobody else was there like there's no witnesses yeah, yeah like the, everyone is high. Like, ah, shit, he's at it again. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but but yeah, like she actually puts her life on the line to to do that, and I think that sort of that signifies her growth. Um, of the things I'll say, like the the film is gorgeous. Like the the bits in you, I'm, I wasn't so big on the design of of you. It looked a bit bland in the background, the architecture. But it's certainly using three D C cell shaded CG for the you stuff, and then more cel-shaded 2D for, or sorry, not cel-shaded, but, you know, traditional 2D animation for real life, I thought was a, a good idea. 
the the bits where they're actually in Japan. This this show this this movie looks more like Japan than any other anime I've seen. Like you know, like I've I've been in trains like that. I've seen houses like that. The school didn't look pristine and clean because most Japanese schools are kind of dirty. It, it, it's the dirt in the fields. They track it inside and it just gets everywhere. There's nothing to be done. But it actually felt like a real lived-in version of Japan. The train station, it, yeah, I've I've seen train stations. <laughs> they even had a lot of like the corporate sponsorship, like actual name brands were featured in this. Like you, know, you got to see their phones were Apple phones. They were in a Lawson's department store and it was the full logo, not changed or hidden or anything, which I thought was interesting. Or was it a family mark? Anyway, one of the two. Uh, and... So so it just looked great and like the, the 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 scene in the scene in the train station I thought was just probably the highlight of the film. Like when oh, where she gets her friends to confess their love for each yeah, other. When, uh, when oh Ruth, that was yeah, when that was Ruth so funny. Her and is like, "Hey, can we talk?" and she's like, "You know, there's a good this guy I really like." And she thinks it's uh like uh, Shinobu, her childhood friend that she kind of thinks is cute, but no, she she wants Shinjiro, the crazy uh, kayak club uh Captain. He quali- he, on his own, he qualified for the nationals. <laughs> yeah, no, I was saying he's that's he's so... he's a guy. He's a guy you want as a best friend. Yeah, but it's just, that's yeah, so it's... that's insanely difficult physically. I mean, my my dad almost qualified for the Olympics in canoeing when he was a younger man, and it's really hard to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, like, just the way like the background never moves in that scene, and it's all just the characters moving in front of it. it it's like a old '90s adventure game almost. Yeah. And just the way that, you know, like first, you know, Ruka slinks back because she's too embarrassed. And then, you know, Shinjiro, he he slinks back because he doesn't think this is real. And they come back and then they they start like, oh, yeah, I guess I like you. I kind of like you, too. And then they start talking like, well, what kind of music do you like? It's like, well, I really like listening to Bell. Oh, me, too. And the look on Suzu's face is just priceless. She's just slinking back slowly, yeah. like nothing to see here, people just going away. It's It was just. Very well directed. Uh, yeah, the the only real things I really didn't really get into was yeah, like when they just do the straight rip off Beauty and the Beast stuff, like the scene where he he screams at her at Bell to run out to go away, and he, yeah. he does just like a perfect rotoscope version of the you know face palm that the Beast did. Like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, and then of course he has to go and save her. That was just like okay, you're you're just doing Beauty and the Beast. I I get it, but I I was thankful that unlike Bubble. Like once they establish who the beast really is, it goes in a completely different direction. Like it, it is yeah. not Beauty and the Beast. They just sort of lean on that for the the second act. Okay. Go ahead, Matthew. I know you had some difficulties with this movie, so what you lay into them? Uh my issue was the actual U world. I it, it looked nice, but it's just more of the security, how to get this docs and stuff. Like, I don't think anyone would have that type of thing. I don't think even like their government was like, even like modern internet type of things. It's like, there's just no fucking way. (laughs) And it's just log out. That's all you gotta do. That's, that's like They're my coming my dad. after you. Log out. Well, but my, it's funny you mentioned that because my dad has always said, you know, whenever you have these movies about like killer AI and whatnot, he was like, "Here's a thought. Unplug it." <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying like you are a user. You are logged into this. So what is stopping you from logging out? Right. Well, not, I, was, I was gonna say it's not like a Sword Art Online thing where they're all trapped inside the game or like. Oh, Tron you would know of all the things you would know. You would know Sword Art Online. Okay, hang on, my friend, like my friend, my <laughs> friend. 
who I'm trying to bond with. I asked her, what animes are you watching these days? She's like, sort out online. So I gave it a shot. Excuse the fuck out of me that I didn't choose the, like, the cool one. Okay, I'm, I mean, trying, I'm watching one that a friend is watching so I can have something to talk with her about. Okay. All that friendship is over. Jonathan <laughs> and the moderators are not like the real world police. They're just a self-appointed like moderator group within you. That. Who the fuck are they? That type of face. Like it's the power of sponsors. We got yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're people that just want to go and police everyone else's fun. I think Bell even gets up in his face about that when he's interrogating her. You know, it's like you know, yeah, it's like you're not trying to protect us. You're trying to control us. Yeah, is and yeah, and like the higher ups are just like, I'll allow it. Cool. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. The higher ups are like, well, you know, they're here, so we don't have to ban your subreddit. <laughs> You know, you were, you were <laughs> saying right. that, you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's fair. <laughs> um, I I wasn't crazy about the Beauty and the Beast stuff either. But if you want to keep, like, if you want to keep that guy as an ugly dragon or whatever, fine. Just the very stuff that was exact. I couldn't take. I couldn't take it or leave it. I did like. This. I did. I did love. Uh, Let me your voice. I think that was my favorite song of it. <laughs> Like not in a romance, as is more of a comfort. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, and, like, which one did you like more, Bell or Bubble? You know, for 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 me, while you while you're thinking, I would definitely say Bell was the one I enjoyed far more. Bell, I got that impression. I, I think I think Bell a bit. Okay, really? I, I think I Bell. Like I think Bell more about Bell than you did Bubble. As a thing, but despite the issues. I think it's just something that have more, a better influence or something that okay. people would more relate to I, than I Bubble. Think Bell, I think Bell has more substance to it. Like, that we, too. We've got issues, but Bell, Bell feels like a much more fully realized and fully thought out story. Like It's something that it was made to be a movie and now something, oh, this could be stretched yeah. out to like a one season thing. No, it's it was fine with the length of it was. Bubble was uh, Little Mermaid and parkour. Yeah, parkour. Well, I think the word that Robert was getting at was "bubble" is a slight movie where Bell has more heft to it. Exactly, that's yeah. what I'm getting. Like the issues and all, it's still something that you could enjoy more. Okay. Like in the terms of both 2D and 3D type animation, the music, which was the main focus, they excelled at that. I'm not gonna mm -hmm. doubt. I'm not gonna question that at all. Uh, I think another issue, like I think the final song where they're all doing the whole uh, la thing, I probably would have cut that like a million minute. miles away. Yeah, that one. I was saying I, I would have cut that la that near end like by like a minute. I think that went on a little too long. And what was with that girl that was jealous of Bell in the beginning? You never heard from her again until near the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, even I thought that was interesting because at the beginning, uh, actually, when when Susa goes to the karaoke place with yeah. her friends, they're singing one of her songs. Yeah. Yeah. I think name is uh peggy sue. sue is the name of uh of the character and then when right. bell blows up and goes viral peggy she's like oh she's you know uh she's she's made by like a team of people she's got producers and agents you know she's not really a real artist and that sort of thing yeah and yet only at the end where peggy sue's sort of been dethroned and when suzu is revealed she's like oh she's just a girl yeah like me yeah it's just like they did nothing with her like just that beginning part and then near the yeah. end it's like okay yeah, cool. she was really supposed <laughs> How to be good of you to join us at the end? We're like, oh, change of heart all of a sudden. Yeah, but I always like it when they do that sort of like the 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 bitchy character turns out yeah. to just be an actual person. Yeah, with an emotional intelligence. Right. All right, Robert Winfrey, your thoughts on Bell? Uh, 
I agree with everyone about the quality of the animation. Uh, the stuff in you, some of it's a little bit janky. Most of it's really, really good. Uh, the stuff in Japan, I, I like that they were able to draw to have a very to have the two very distinctive styles, so you know when you're in the real world versus when you're in you, because if everything looks the same. Sometimes it's not always as you need some kind of clear cut point of reference about when we're in reality versus uh, versus cyberspace. And that doesn't have to be an entirely different artistic style, but the fact that it is kind of helps. You know, there's never any confusion about that. Uh, I'm with you guys about the story. You know, again, the, the stuff that's really aping Beauty and the Beast is a little bit much. A little on the nose little bit uh right. there's a there's a few sequences that drag just a bit too long and not in the good way so i i wonder if they couldn't have trimmed a bit here and there yeah, they, def they definitely could have cut a little bit of here and there <laughs> uh, but you know it, i don't mean this as an insult and i don't and i don't mean this just because they clearly copied a lot of beauty and the beast this is a very disney movie Oh yeah, that's why I said I think kids who don't even know about anime would enjoy this. Yeah, it, and again, that's a very deliberate choice in this instance. Uh, your characters are well fleshed out. Everyone's got a good, solid emotional arc. I don't have a whole lot of again. I, I I agree with some of the complaints that have been raised. You know, there this is not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. And if you stood clapping for this thing for fourteen minutes, you need a life. <laughs> yeah, like, like no, like I would, I I wouldn't have either. So I mean, again, if the audio, if the if everyone who made it is there, like, do I think this is worthy of applause? Yeah, it is. This is definitely a very good movie. But you know, a, a big fort. Like you're the same idiots who gave Venom a standing ovation. Like you, your opinions do not matter. <laughs> so real, real quick, it was nominated oh. for best animated feature for the Detroit Film Critics Society, best animated feature Chicago Film Critics. Best Animated Feature, Los Angeles Film Critics. Best Animated Feature, Florida Film Critics. Who uh, who stands on that board is a bunch of alligators. Um, have you have you not have applied? Have they not to watched be... the Silent Voice or <laughs> Robert? Have you not applied to be on the board of the Florida Crit Film Critics yet? I'll be working on that after this podcast. Um, San Francisco, the Austin Film Critics, the Crunchyroll uh, Anime Awards for Best Film. And then at the Annie Awards, hey, do you know anything about the Annie Awards there, Matthew? No, but go ahead and tell me. All righty. <laughs> well, this was nominated for Best Animated Feature, Outstanding Achievement in Animated Effects, Outstanding Achievement for Directing in an Animated Feature, Outstanding Achievement for Writing in an Animated Feature, Outstanding Achievement for Production Design. Um, at the Japan Academy Film Prize, uh, it was nominated for Animation of the Year, but it won... Outstanding achievement in music, David. How about that? And then um, for the VX VFX Japan Awards, it won X. It won an Excellence Award in the animated theatrical film category. So it was nominated for a whole bunch of Film Critic Association awards, but it only won two: one for the Japan Academy for music, and one for um, and one for the VFX Japan Awards. Anything else, Robert, about this before we move on? No, this is a. Again, this is a perfectly serviceable film. Uh, parts of it are very beautiful. It's got great music. Your kids will certainly enjoy it. I mean, uh, like Matt said, you don't need to be a big anime fan to enjoy this movie. So. Yeah, this one seems to have broad appeal. 
yeah, I, that's, I would think. Stuff I think again, I would tell recommend people they want to watch. They, uh, I, what, what should I? My kids watch for an animated. Like I would tell them Bell. I imagine that your daughter's going to enjoy it when you get when you sit down to watch it with her. Yeah, I told my wife to tell her about it, and she was too busy getting ready for other stuff tonight to bother to tell her. So I had to tell her when I got home. So who knows if she'll watch it or not? But we all watched Bubble together. We all watched Bubble. Right. <laughs> we watched that this week. You, know, you would you would like Pompo the Cinephile that came out last week in theaters, and that's coming out in July. It talks about movies, like actual like actual films and okay. filmmaking. So. If you ever, if you get, I think it comes out in July and mm-hmm. on demand. So I would definitely recommend that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that brings us to the crit once again for the people playing at home. The critical review. Ba ba ba. All right. Fairy tales can come true. Are you ready? This second critical review is brought to you by Grammarly. For you listeners of Damn You Hollywood, part of the American Whammy Productions, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help you communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes. In fact, if you're trying to call Jason Teasley the prodigal son and you spell it protocol, it'll say, no, stupid. It's prodigal, not protocol. <laughs> Except if you're me, and then you just stay with protocol because you don't want to admit you're wrong. Superfluous. Um, Grammarly correct. Oh! <laughs> I know uh, what you were trying to say there, and that uh, hurt. Uh, Harry tried to correct me on that one, and now I won't let it go. Um, also, uh, biopic. Anyway. <laughs> to download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network, soon to be American Whammy. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network to download Grammarly for free. All right. Well, critics and fans alike love this movie. It's absolutely perfect. There's nothing to talk about here. A remarkable story brought to life with dazzling animation. Bell finds writer-director Mamoru Hosada setting a brilliant new benchmark. And the audience says, I liked it too. And I can see Russia from my house. Beautiful to yeah. watch, as well as to listen to. Bell is a treat for animation fans. Let's go see the negatives. <laughs> <laughs> There's six of them. <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Uh, Felipe Fritis of Always Good Movie says, more humdrum than fascinating. The film is nothing more than a soppy teen pleaser. Oh, movies for girls. Uh, You know, child abuse is basically pleasing for teens, you know. Yeah. Well, look, the Twilight franchise was a big hit, and there's so much abuse in that, it's not even funny. I know. uh, The fans wanted to kill me after I was doing commentary in the theaters for it. (laughs) Carson Jamar of Clapper. Clap off. <laughs> nice animation. <laughs> All right, continue. <laughs> nice animation and songs just are not enough to feel like a success anymore. And Bell ultimately fails to accomplish anything more. Well, at yeah. least you got to check his phone for 90 minutes. 
Yeah, he he only he only looked uh, for the songs. They like, ah, song's over. Back to the phone. <laughs> yeah, again, if you're not a if you're not aware of what this movie is trying to do on an emotional level, I just can't help you because they're not subtle about it. Yeah, Alan Zilberman of Spectrum Culture. Oh, Spectrum! And, I hate that. And company. by Spectrum, I assume he means autism. It ultimately he's lands... not a Sonic fan, probably. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it ultimately lands as an interesting experiment, one that goes into too many meandering directions, and that and that it ends on any satisfying note is a minor miracle. Okay, no, 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 no. Well, let's back up just a second on this. Oh, hold the bus. <laughs> if you're not again, if you can't see the value in more ensemble style storytelling, I can't. That's just sad. Like, you must hate so many movies that are not A to B to C. Like, th- this yeah. poor guy must hate Caddyshack. He really must just loathe that. Oh, boy, I tell you. Because tell it goes you. in so many... Di- All these asides with Bill Murray, they don't lead to much of anything, and they don't add anything to the narrative heft of the story, and I don't quite understand what the emotion, what they're trying to do... With all these different characters, I, that show I bet up. you, I bet he was telling the girl to get over her, her dead mother. <laughs> Look, we've all got a dead parent. Get over it. Yeah, so like, you got you like you at least you got a dad, you know. <laughs> yeah, the film wraps up. I think most of its story is pretty good. Like Susu yeah. gets better. She it seems like her her childhood friend is potentially going to. I, I will. I will admit, I was dad, cracking jokes. Like, I was cracking jokes with the dad. Like I wish I had a dad to talk to. He was like, hey, hey, hey there. Nothing. I don't want nothing right. from you. <laughs> so, Matthew, you have to understand that being on this show and having done this bit for nigh on eight years, um, give or take, there are certain critics that I will read purposefully. There are certain critics that I have come to bully. And you should be a star and not a bully, but I can't help myself. And here is somebody who... Well, look, look, I, look, sometimes you just got to draw a line in the sand. And you got to ask yourself, what am I willing to put up with today? Well, it's not fucking this. There is this it's particular... There's this particular fella who I have made it my goal in life to bully <laughs> out of the movie industry. And I, yet, did, I, and... I did it to Ryback until he blocked me. Nice. <laughs> and yet Mark still won't harass this gentleman on Twitter. Like, it's, it's no, it's not really bullying unless he's aware of it, Mark. Yeah, unless he blocks you on Twitter. <laughs> I, 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 It's like a Facebook stalk kind of a thing. All right, Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies. All we right. We hates you, Kevin Carr. We hates you. <laughs> It's a beautiful. You know, he's, yeah, he's the kind of guy who would be a guest on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kevin Carr, for being. I would. Oh, that would be hysterical. Like if he and if he actually knew, like and he became on anyway. Like I, Kevin, we have Kevin Carr from Fat Guy at the movies. Yeah, fuck you, pal. That's what I came on here. We have this fucking fat fuck right here. (laughs) It's a beautifully animated movie. I applaud it for trying to deconstruct social media and the impact it has on teenagers, even if it is a bit clunky in the process. Yeah, I'm actually going to disagree with the back half of that. The commentary on social media is actually not clunky in this movie, believe it or not. Like, there's clunky things about it emotionally. But it's not that. But what it discusses when it comes to the atomization of society, the way people become disenfranchised and disillusioned, that's actually not a clunky bit of the writing. It flows fairly well. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Hasoda knows and understands the internet. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this one, and this feels like the I can see Russia from my house criticism. All this right. is actually a fresh review, but bear with me. Ryan Silberstein of Movie John. John, J-A-W-N, movie John. 
Bell draws on Western stories to tell a postmodern fable about healing. And I can see Russia from my house. Draws on a Western story. <laughs> Pretty much just the one, yeah. <laughs> Again, that's a, that's a very unhelpful review. Yeah. Yeah. John Urban Sitch of JM Movies, Movies with a U. <sighs> I guess there are worse ways for a kid to learn about the dangers of the digital world than by getting a Beauty and the Beast take, it, take with it. Too. Still, must it be as unnecessarily long as it is complex? You know, I could traumatize a kid really quick with this bad anime movie that I have. <laughs> yeah, called Devil- Shoujo Subaki. And <laughs> trust me, you don't want to watch it. <laughs> I, but I will send it to your kids to traumatize them. If you hey, want ass- hey, it's this asshole again. Mark Dudgesick of Mark Reviews Movies. We keep waiting for some connective tissue to give the narrative a firm form. That doesn't happen, which is unfortunate. Wait, hang You're on. Tr- R- wait, R- Ryan Myers of the San Jose Mercury News, who once reported that the CIA brought crack to Los Angeles, their their whole thing, their pull from their article, it's terrific. Why aren't we on fucking Rotten Tomatoes? God damn it. Have you ever reported on the CIA trying to introduce illicit drugs to the United States? <laughs> Not yet. I mean, <laughs> define reporting. Broke the story in a meaningful way rather than 20 years later go the war on drugs is bad? I was like five at the time. Give me a break. I'm just Look, that guy is clearly on here because of one, the outlet he writes for, and two, he sure. only writes for that outlet because of legacy. He doesn't care about movies. Hey, Matthew, I'm going to read this next one because I want Robert to see if I want to see if Robert will have an on air conniption. Okay. Okay. All right. He'll know why I'm reading it, but I just I want you to experience a Robism. Okay. Peter DeBruge of Variety, top critic. Oh, that useless rag of toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Anime master Mamoru Hosada. Anime master Mamoru Hasada imagines another forward-thinking virtual world using you, using it as the backdrop for an empowering musical fairy tale. I would not trust this man to lick stamps. <laughs> you will get a paper cut on said stamps. Chris Mello of In Review Online. Frustrating. Then, is that none of this is very interesting, even if Hosada's measured take is better than the technophobic finger-wagging most films about social media indulge in? You wanted to write about social media and Elon Musk, and you didn't want to review this movie. You know what? I, I hope you get a paper cut on your balls and they fall off. <laughs> All right. We're out of we're, we're out of rotten reviews, so I'm just going to read this one to call it. Oh, God. Yeah, because I just hate this guy. This is yet another guy I want to push down a flight of stairs. Bobby Collin? That's the one. Robbie, right. Look, he just looks such a such a. That, he's got that smug face already. He really did. He has that punchy it, face. He really does have punchy face. I'm looking at him like, man, you and the you and Damian Sandow, like you got the same <laughs> face. Robbie <laughs> Collins, Daily, Daily Telegraph UK top critic. Bell is a beautifully observed, dazzlingly animated sci-fi fairy tale about our online offline double lives it's hosada's finest film since 2012's wolf children and perhaps his best to date kind of i, I think wolf children's better <laughs> kind of can't believe that no one even dropped any comparisons to summer wars which is basically the proto bell minus the music I, also, you know yeah a little that, bit that, that, i didn't that, put it on. together until you brought it up <laughs> That would require these people to be well-read in the, in the genre, and they're clearly not. Well, folks, that is our Damn You Hollywood featuring our guest panelist. 
uh, Matthew uh, Spornification. Um, <laughs> Saprocone. Thank you. Saprocone. Arigato. <laughs> Domo arigato. Uh, did you have fun, Matthew? Would you come back? I, had a great, I actually had a great time. <laughs> I'm glad, even though I can't remember I, your name I, I from one to hour to the next. Time. <laughs> cool. We have if we do another animated feature here, or there's something else you have a passion about. Now we have the open lines of communication. Welcome to the fold, Matthew. Yes, um, I love it. <laughs> one Master. of us. I mean, welcome, yes. <laughs> welcome to all the other captures. Welcome to the welcome to the basement where I keep all my children. Uh, um, <laughs> you don't, it better not be my basement. <laughs> I'm in danger. Anyway, uh, so that is like I said, our review of Bell and Bubbles. Next week we return to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, it'll be myself, David, Alexis, who, who, despite the fact that I was reserving a spot for one of Jeff's people, I never actually got off my ass to invite them. So Alexis <laughs> jumped back in that spot. So it'll be myself, Alexis, David, and Robert yelling for three hours about Doctor Strange meets the X-Men. Um, the following week, we'll have uh, Firestarter. Have seen... I have to ask this. Yes, sir. Uh, have you seen the alleged leak, leaked footage of the Illuminati? No, and I don't want to know about it. Yeah, Moving on. <laughs> I've one more day. One more day to get through. The air. I, I'm I'm ninety percent sure it's fake. Mm -hmm. Because of who they show, just okay. put it like that. That's fine. Okay. Um, moving on. The following week is Firestarter. That's just me and Robert, unless somebody else jumps on that one. That's day and date on Peacock. The following week, Robert is taking the week off. David will be on, and we'll be doing Downton Abbey 2, The New Era. Allegedly, my wife will be on to flirt with David. We'll see what happens. Um, she, oh, <laughs> do the on trial for the first Downton Abbey movie. I haven't done that plug yet, sir. I'm only doing the Damn Hollywood ones. Oh, okay. I see. Yes, I have a method to my madness. <laughs> and then we close out May with another double feature here on Damn You Hollywood. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, which goes PVOD the 17th. And after Yang, which is currently on, I think, Amazon Prime. I have to double check that. But yes, we will be doing two Asian-esque movies. Everything, everywhere, all at once. And after Yang, that'll be just myself and Robert. As for, as what we're doing this week, uh, we re-aired Robert's Everyone Loves a Bad Guy, the MCU Part 1. He and I had a lively discussion about why Tony Stark is the biggest villain in the MCU. And I... And at the time, my daughter was in the hospital with pneumonia, so I missed the Age of Ultron review. So Robert so kindly back then let me do my uh, yelling and screaming about James Spader uh, in that movie. To so, be fair, James Spader's still awesome, but boy, is that a badly written movie. Yeah. Um, we reviewed Ozark last night. This is mostly me and Jesse having a therapy session about how terrible women are, as portrayed <laughs> by Laura Linney. I gotta watch the final <laughs> season still. <laughs> So, um, if you're interested in hearing me and Jesse's talk for an hour about how women are terrible, please check out our Ozark review. Um, tomorrow, it's May the 4th. May the 4th be with you, David. Thanks. Um, we'll, be we'll be celebrating with a Star Wars comic review, Shattered Empire, which, if depending on... Uh, this may be the return of the gag reel, because I remember Jesse and I didn't talk about that comic for very long, but we talked about a whole lot of other Star Wars stuff, um, and I was my, my usual self. And then in the evening, speaking of Jesse, it'll be myself, Robert Cooper, and he will be reviewing the new Rammstein album, Zeit. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, on Cinco de Mayo, we're re-airing our Brujeria review for Viva Presidente Trump. Um, and then that's all because I will be at Doctor Strange with my kids. 
and I will be at Doctor Strange with another person on the 6th. But you can check out me and Harry Broadhurst mostly talking about Bloodsport and For the Culture from The Collective this past WrestleMania and spending the last 10 minutes in a screaming match at each other about whether or not white men should promote black wrestlers. It's a fun debate for your whole family. How is that a fun debate? It wasn't. I need um, to know. I got I got to listen to that out of curiosity. Oh, yeah. And if, if you don't want to listen to the whole review, I will be clipping that for TikTok. Um, so... And then Saturday, uh, it'll be unless I end up having dinner plans or some shit, it'll be myself and Dan Lasby doing the Canelo Alvarez Dimitri Bivol fight. Uh, did you see? Four cards are already in the mail. Oh, absolutely, one hundred and twenty to zero for Canelo. Uh, who's it? Like uh, Hergovich fucking pulled out of his fight. Somebody pulled out. Of, somebody pulled out of a fight that I wanted to see on that card. Do you happen to catch the news about that? I did not. Okay, um, doesn't matter. Anyway, that's what's going on in the Rattle Legend Broadcast. That's what's going on on the, formerly the American uh, Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, now known as American Whammy. Uh, let's go ahead and do your plugs, Matthew. Where can they find your podcast besides W2M? Uh, aside from W2M, you can find us on ShareShot Radio. And if you go to our Twitter, at TalkToKiki, we have a link tree where you can listen to us for where we listen to your podcast, such as Amazon, iHeart, uh, Pod Bay, Pod Chaser, uh, Apple Music, but like we're mo- but we're mostly on the Spotify. That's our main focus. But you can find us wherever you listen to your podcast. You will find us there. Follow that Twitter at Talk to Cakey. If you want to follow us individually, if you can follow me at Damian Phoenix Twelve or at Vincent Auto Man, where I do my VTube streaming on Twitch. You can look up Vincent Canterbury. Uh, follow my co-host Showstopper Twenty Four. Uh, we also have an Instagram for Talk to Cakey, uh, uh, at Talk to Cakey. And then uh, we have a side show called Cakey Shop, where we basically have any guest that wants to come on. It's open invite, open availability. And what you do is that you talk about whatever your anime you are passionate about, and we will discuss it. Like, we'll geek out about it. Whether we've seen it or we haven't seen it. If we haven't seen it, that you, that basically you to convince us why we should watch it. Okay, like it, I is, have an, it, is, it is your spotlight to talk about what you love. I have, I have, a, I want to, I want to pitch you an idea because I'm a pervert. Um, okay, so hang on, let me get my stuff up here on Hulu. I'm not doing lolly anime, so do not. <laughs> <laughs> There's an anime that I became interested in because it looked like it had big boobies, and uh, oh, yeah, here it is. Um, high school DD. I want to eh. come on and talk. <laughs> I want to come on and talk that one. How about that one? Do it. Or how about sure, Afro? Sure. Either that or Afro Samurai. One of the two. I, I'm okay with Afro Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you sure you don't want to do High School DD? I'm good, baby. We'll, we'll think about it. There's, there's no way you could monetize that podcast. <laughs> no, no. So I will, I will, I will lose my Twitch uh, affiliate <laughs> okay, uh, so okay. fast. <laughs> okay, hang on, Mark. Let me throw you another one that's less risque, but I think. You, I sold. I sold you. Um, Don't say Boku no Pika. Just hang on. <laughs> I sold him uh, Odd Taxi by saying that was what if Quentin Tarantino had made an anime, that would be what he would make. He would make Odd right. Taxi. Okay. If Michael Bay made an anime, it would be High School <laughs> of the Dead. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're right. I'll t- I will throw that on my Hulu list. All right. That's that's enough silliness there. Um, I want to go ahead and do David's plugs for him. David's on like every show in the month of May, it looks like. Yeah, he's, on Doctor, he's on Doctor Strange. He's on Beyond Trial for Down. 
yards. For the damn you Hollywood for Downton Abbey 2, a new error. And uh, that's that's just May. He's also on a whole bunch in June. He's on the damn you Hollywood for Top Gun Maverick, Pacific Rim the Black Season 2, Lightyear, Star Trek Lower Deck Season 2. And th then things start to finally slow down. But yeah, May and June, David threw Jason Teasley in the pool and was like, I'm taking over this bitch. This is about to be the David Wright in uh, Network, American Whammy. So happy to have you aboard, David. I hope, hope your wife is not, is, doesn't join the litany of wives that are mad at me that I took their husband from them. So far, so good. <laughs> All right. Speaking of... Speaking of men, I took I took from people's wives. Robert Winfrey, your plugs. Those two things do not connect at all. That's the worst segue <laughs> you've ever come up with. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things is dead. Go ahead, Robert. <laughs> you have no idea how close you just came. I was, I was this close to burning you. Like I was this close to cabbage. <laughs> no. No, I but I choose the higher road. Uh, you can find me covering professional wrestling a few nights a week over in the wrestling zone of 411mania.com. I cover AEW's Dark Elevation on Monday, MLW stuff on Thursday, and WWE SmackDown on Friday. So all those are over there in their TV report section. If you're so inclined, give it a look. I'd appreciate it. I cover mixed martial arts action on Saturdays. This Saturday, UFC 274, we have two title fights, a great fight between Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira for Oliveira's lightweight title, and a rematch some seven-ish years in the making between Carlos Barza and Rose Namajunas. Those two fought for the first ever Thug women's... Thug Rose! Thug Rose! Please do not turn into Daniel Cormier. I might have to punch you. <laughs> Worth it. It really wouldn't be. Uh... Those two get fought for the... It. Yes! Get over there! How do you turn into the obnoxious commentator and I'm the one you decide <laughs> to try and harass? Uh, they, again, they fought for the original inaugural women's strawweight title years ago. Uh, Esparza won. Now, Rose is the champion. This is Rose's like fourth or fifth rematch. She, I did the math on the, on the Ground and Pound show. She's had only like of 16 professional fights she's only had like 11 unique opponents <laughs> she's had a lot of rematches uh anyway so that's our co-main event uh you've also got michael chandler versus tony ferguson that should be great the sad 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 reality of ovin st prue fighting mauricio shogun Hua in a rematch when they were both from like four or five years ago. Actually, that might be closer to seven too, now that I think about it. When they were both washed already. Uh, anyway, I will be covering that this Saturday in the MMA Zone of 411mania.com. If you want a full preview of the card, including technical breakdowns, my predictions, and whatnot, I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast on Sundays. This last week was a review of the UFC on ESPN card headlined by Rob Font and Marlon Vera and a preview of UFC 274. So give that a listen. If you're so inclined, I deeply appreciate it. And Mark already went over the other stuff for Damn You Hollywood. So I think that's everything I have to plug. All right, folks. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us here on Damn You Hollywood for Matthew from Talk Big KK. 
uh, or the Jack KK for David of no social media whatsoever and Robert Winfrey for every damn social media he chooses. Be well, be safe, and behave.